We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I am Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. We're talking about the Bulls minutes after they drop a game to the Dallas Mavericks, 114-105. This was a game Dallas did not have Kyrie Irving for. Thought, you know, maybe the Bulls would have a chance to get over 500 here. Bulls entering the game 2-2, and but... Uh, They couldn't get it done. Bulls were sort of in it all night, but uh, a lot of the problems that have plagued this team up to this point in the season plagued the team again in this game. Uh, Luka Doncic, just too much for him down the stretch. So Bulls lose. Very frustrating game, Jason. I really felt like, you know, this is a game the Bulls should have won. Luka, I believe at halftime, was shooting two for nine. Irving wasn't playing. And then you look around and the rest of this Dallas team doesn't really have many guys who can beat you besides for Luca. In this game, it was a lot of Grant Williams taking spot up threes. It was a lot of Derek Jones Jr. running all over the place. He knocked down some shots too. They're starting a rookie center in Derek Lively who looked okay. I thought he looked all right, even though uh, Nikola Vucevic put a 2020 game on his head today. So uh, super frustrating loss, Jason. I have a lot of things to say about it, but uh, I guess I'll just start with you. And we're going to touch on, you know, the entire team to this point. But since we just watched this game, uh, how did you feel about the Bulls sort of letting that W slip away in the fourth quarter? Yeah, was they played, I thought, like decently well. They got off to a sluggish start offensively for sure. But then they and they kind of bounced back. Uh, Zach Levine got cooking a bit in the first half. I think he made like three straight threes at one point. Although I do not think he played a good, like outside of that. And just Zach is having an interesting start to the season. We can talk more about that when we talk just about kind of the team in general. But uh, overall, they played all right. Like the third quarter, third quarter, they scored 33 points. They were getting it inside. They made some threes. 
Zach Demar and Vooch all I think did okay in the third quarter. Or they all, all had their moments. And you mentioned Vooch had a 20-20 game. Um killing it on the offensive glass. The Bulls did pretty they had 12 offensive rebounds, and that is something that they've actually done really well. I don't think the Bulls have done much actually well all season, but they have uh they promised to hit the glass offensive glass more, and they have done that this season. They kind of did it today, although Dallas ended up getting more offensive rebounds and scoring like a million second chance points. And they got some big offensive rebounds down the stretch of this game. Uh they ended up winning the second chance points battle 24 to 11. Uh they got said they had some big offensive rebounds in the, in the last few minutes. Um but yeah, the Bulls were kind of right there all game. And, and similar the, the Pacers game that they just played as well was kind of like that too. The Pacers kind of controlled a lot of it, but then the Bulls kind of reeled them in in the fourth quarter. Their defense buckled down. The Pacers couldn't make any threes. The Bulls did some really nice stuff in that fourth quarter uh, to go at Tyrese Halliburton. They got DeMar and Zach going downhill against him. Vooch also scored. And uh, they had like four, four or five straight buckets down the stretch in that game to kind of pull away as... Uh, the Pacers kind of fell apart. This game, that did not happen. The Bulls offense did not play very well in the fourth quarter. They missed some very good looks at three. They had 22 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, was it was Vooch's open three-point attempt? Was it a game-tying attempt? I cannot remember exactly, but I know Vooch had an open look at three that uh, was either, again, would have either tied the game or got them right there, and he missed. Um, and again, that was kind of the story of the fourth quarter. The Bulls shot 9 of 21 from the field in the fourth, 2 of 8. From three, they had five turnovers. So just while they executed really well against the Pacers in the fourth quarter, this fourth quarter did not go well for them offensively. And then defensively, when the Pacers the Pacers missed all their three pointers last game in the fourth, I think they shot something like two of eleven or two of twelve or something like that, and like six of twenty six from the field. The Mavericks hit some big threes. You mentioned Luca did not play well tonight. I mean, by his standards, the Bulls did a really good job on him. He shot, I think five of 16 from the field. He just did not have it. And he was one of eight from three. He wasn't even close on a bunch of his three point attempts. He hit one big one, I think off an offensive rebound. That was, I think that was in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was big for them, but overall like Luca, he had 18, 10 and seven. So like almost triple double, but he had six turnovers. Uh, again, he was five of 16 from the field. One of eight from three. He came in averaging almost 40 points a game. So Luca had been absolutely on fire and we know how good he is. And the Bulls did a pretty good job on him. They get, they played physical with him. He was really frustrated all game with the officiating and this, what they were letting the Bulls get away with. He was complaining uh, to the woman ref, like all game. He ended up getting a technical at one point, but it seemed like he was a bit flustered. The Bulls did it, I think, as good of a job as you could hope to against Luca. Obviously, there were some breakdowns in there uh, and his passing. While he did have some lazy turnovers, he also, as always, some brilliant passes. Uh, and down the stretch there, he was content. The Bulls were sending multiple guys at him. He was content to make the pass, find open shooters. And we saw their young guys step up in, in crunch time there. Jaden Hardy, huge three-pointer. He also had a really nice drive and score. He kind of cooked Patrick Williams off the dribble with a nice little uh, has he uh, got a layup there and then he had a huge three pointer with the, when the uh, I think that was right after the Vooch missed three. I think Vooch missed the three and I think Hardy, uh, the Bulls sent a double at Luca. Luca finds Hardy, he hits a three. And then Josh Green, who did almost nothing all game, he had his, his one basket was the corner three that put the Mavs up nine and with like a minute to go. And that was kind of the dagger. So without Kyrie and with Luca struggling, the Bulls did have a pretty good opportunity to win here. But you mentioned Grant Williams. Uh, he had seven threes. I think he tied like a regular season career high. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. hit seven threes. Uh, so those guys stepped up and hit some threes. Derek Jones Jr. You mentioned as well. He had he had a huge game last game. I think he had twenty one or twenty two points. And I said in our group chat that there's no way Derek Jones Jr. is going to do that again. 
Derek Jones Jr. came out. He had 17 points. He had three threes. He did go only three of nine, but uh, he got up, got up nine threes. We know from experience that DJ is not really a shooter, but uh, playing with Luca, you got to be ready to shoot in those corners. And Derek Jones Jr. has been. He also put his nuts on Zach's head on a putback dunk that was really sick. We know uh, DJJ can really get up there. So uh, they got enough um, of the secondary scoring from these other guys. Uh, they hit the three pointers that the Pacers did not make last game. Uh, and Luca's passing was just enough with a few of those late assists. And the Bulls just they got outscored 33 to 22. It was basically in the ex- almost the exact opposite. The Bulls were down five going into the fourth against the Pacers. They kind of crushed the Pacers in that game. This game flipped the opposite in the crunch. The, the, the Bulls were not able to come out. Torres in crunch time, so the Bulls dropped a two and one. Well, we can talk a bit about that Raptors game too a bit later. But uh, the Bulls had started two and zero in clutch games. This one was a clutch game, did not go their way. Uh, I think it's it's kind of going to be what it's going to be. Like the Bulls have not looked, I feel like that good as a team. Uh, to like today, they were fine, uh, but they just really haven't had like really ex- extended stretches of good basketball. And like today, they had some. They looked decent at times, but the Mavs hung around. And they were able to hit the big shots late, and the Bulls were not. And that's kind of name of the game there. Yeah, Jace, this is the first episode we've done, right, since the opener? Yeah. And uh, that was obviously in the wake, the immediate wake (laughs) of the Game 1 players-only meeting, which seemed to dominate the NBA news cycle, and which seemed to have the Bulls become failures at their only goal this season, which was to not be embarrassments. And they like immediately became an embarrassment during the first game. After the first five games, Jason, I think three and two is a non-embarrassing record. Two However, and three. The Bulls could easily be They're two sorry, and three. three. But the Bulls could easily be 0 and 5 instead of 2 and 3 right now. Yeah. Uh, the win against the Raptors was the stupidest win of all fluke. time. Total fluke. down 17 points with four minutes left. Yeah. It was a combination of Alex Caruso being a superhero and the Raptors being the dumbest offensive team in the entire world. Thrashers. Toronto to piss that game away. The Bulls then lost against Detroit in, in Detroit. Run off uh, the court in Detroit. They got run off the court 118 to 102. That was the game. Zach Levine finishes with 51 points. And in a fitting statistic, in Zach's highest scoring game of his career, the Bulls lose to a team that won 17 games last year. Zach also finished with zero assists, <laughs> which was a stat, uh, you know, pointed to far and wide after that loss. But Oh, man, no one else on the team could make a shot that game, Jason, besides for Zach. So um, hard to blame Zach too much in that one when he had such an electric scoring performance and the rest of the team around him sucked. After that, Bulls picked up a nice win against Indiana 112-105 on Monday night. In that game, the Bulls took 17 (laughs) three-point attempts while the Pacers shot 12 of 46. So the Pacers basically just missed a bunch of threes in that game. Still almost one at the end. Bulls were able to hold on. Definitely a solid win. I've been hunting yeah. up the Pacers throughout the offseason. By the way, the Pacers got like 155 hung on them tonight by the Celtics, who look absolutely juggernaut. Like yeah. clearly <laughs> the best team in the East uh to this point in the season. And then, you know, tonight I thought was a big opportunity for the Bulls to win and to try to get some momentum heading into the pivotal first game of the in-season tournament on Friday. <laughs> Against the Nets, Nets team playing without Spencer Dinwiddie, without Nick Claxton. I thought, all right, Bulls, like get this win without Kyrie on a night where Luka doesn't have it. And maybe you could start to build some positive momentum. But Jason, the thing about this Bulls team is they simply aren't very good. Uh, despite <laughs> being two and three, 
They have a negative 7.4. They should be one and four. <laughs> they uh, rank, you know, low. Like the stats haven't updated because this game just ended. But, yeah. you know, they were basically 16th in defense, 24th in offense again, uh, you know, 24th in net rating, I think, coming into the game. So essentially, this team was lucky to be 500. Uh, they had a very winnable game tonight and they blew it on the road against Dallas. So they just have a ton of problems, Jason. And I think in general, like, you know, when we talk about expectations for this team, uh, I am like pretty much already out on this season being salvageable. Like maybe there's a pathway to the bulls, you know, getting the eight or nine seed in the Eastern conference uh, to get into the play in tournament. But the thought of them being a team good enough to escape the play-in tournament and get a top seed in the East, I think that's already over. The thought of a team led by DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic being able to somehow fulfill the ownership and front office's extremely low aspirations, I think even that's over. And uh, really, Jace, I think that we were being too kind on the Bulls Throughout this offseason, I remember, you know, after the last trade deadline, last season's trade deadline, when the Bulls did nothing, you and I freaked out and said, you know, <laughs> clearly this is a team that simply isn't good enough to contend, what, whatever lame definition of contention that they have, uh, and that they needed to move on from the mid three. Well, instead, they got fooled by, uh, you know, very stupid record with Patrick Beverly on the team. <laughs> And they decided, you know, let's just add a couple cheap role players and see if maybe a few things can swing our way this year. There was an argument to be had for, uh, you know, why the Bulls could improve up the standings. They had terrible luck in clutch games. They were much better in terms of their point differential than their actual winning percentage. We can go down the list, but, uh, you know, through five games, Jace, I just see a team that's not good enough. And I see a team that really badly needs to be blown up like the bulls are going nowhere with this team they're not building towards anything you know there's certainly there's there's nothing you could point to on this team right now where you would say all right well like that's something we can build off of that's a building block no the bulls have no building blocks they seem to have no aspirations to be anything better than the ninth best team in the east and i think that you know this season is already pretty much going down the drain even though it's been five games and even though, you know, the Bulls will probably be in it most nights and it'll make for competitive and stressful fourth quarters. But while Arturis Karnaschovas might think being a tough out is good enough for him, it's just not good enough for what should be a very proud franchise. So uh, we could go into the myriad of problems the Bulls have, but I guess my opening thought, Jace, is after watching this team for five games, it's too much of the exact same shit we saw last year. There's no upside in it. The development we were hoping for from the young players, Patrick Williams and Kobe White, you can put that shit to bed because neither of those guys look ready to take a step forward at the start of this season. Um, and I think that, you know, this team sucks and needs to be broken up. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I still, as you kind of mentioned, like I still think there's like enough like individual talent there where they're going to win enough games. And like the league does seem like whatever. There's not like... I don't know if there's going to be enough teams that just like break away from the Bulls. And like I said, I think they'll win enough games. They'll get enough these games. Like the, I mean, the let's start with this fucking Raptors game, which was 
I mean, absolutely. As you mentioned, ridiculous. I mean, the swings in that game, the Bulls came out, they went down 16 to four to start that game. It's like, oh my God, like here we fucking go. And then they come back and they went on what, like a 23 to no oh, run, like 20, like there were multiple, like 20 to zero runs, like on both, like both ways in this game. And then going in the fourth quarter, the Bulls go scoreless for God knows how many minutes. They go down 17. Like this game's over. Like they're cooked. And then the game totally flips because DeMar starts going grift mode. AC starts going God mode and the Raptors go full trashers mode. Uh, and just like some of the just ridiculously lucky plays with uh, like DeMar getting all the calls. AC just, I mean, his defensive grifting, I guess, as well. And just, I mean, his defensive genius and the Raptors just completely pissing down their leg. And then even in the, the overtime, I mean, again, like AC makes a great play. They And, and Zach makes a great pa- pass to AC for the, for the game winner. I mean, that game, you play if you you sim that scenario and you go back to 88 71 uh 100 times do you think the bulls would win one other time than like the time they did if you ran that back no. like 100 more times like Absolutely the just not. complete confluence of crazy events to get that win uh which it was fun like it was a lot ton of fun like seeing ac do that shit and like shut shut down siakam um is was is awesome like that was cool it's fun it was great but like again not sustainable you can you can't sustain 17 point comes back comebacks in four minutes and like the raptors we've seen i know they crushed the bucks tonight and the bucks seem to have their own problems to start here but uh the raptors offense like half court offense is like all-time bad has been all-time bad or it was before this bucks game uh and that just kind of was a fluke and then so they come out, you win that game. Oh, maybe can you have some momentum going into Detroit? I know they were on a back-to-back, but I believe the the Pistons were also on a back-to-back. And you go, I just get absolutely fucking walloped down the stretch in that game. The Pistons kind of controlled that game all night. You might, I mean, Zach has 51 points, no assists. No one else can make a shot. Uh, Cade Cunningham controls the game. Jalen Duran controls the game. Uh, the Pistons just a young and athletic. We joke about the younger and more and more athletic. <laughs> Uh, from back in the day, like that's what the Pistons were. The Pistons were young, and also uh, Osar Thompson was absolutely in lockdown, uh, handcuff defense mode uh, down the stretch as well, and he's been awesome defensively. So uh, we just saw a younger and more athletic Pistons team just beat their the Bulls' ass in the next game. So um, and then you, yeah, we kind of talked about the Pacers win, where the Pacers kind of controlled much of it, but the Bulls were able to make the big plays on the stretch, and they did a good job on Tyrese Halliburton. They did a good job on Luca tonight. So they've had, some, they have, we know the bulls have some good point of attack defenders with Caruso, with AC with, or with Caruso, with AC, with Caruso, Jim, John Carter, Pat can do it. Tory Craig, pretty good. So like they've had some success against a few of these guys, not against Shea, but, uh, so like, the, I mean, the Pacers game, as you mentioned, could have gone either way, either. Um, if the Pacers hit a few more threes and there was a big talking point after that Pacers game, we're like, Oh, the Bulls only t- they won by only shooting 17 threes. This is how they got to play. They got to play inside and blah, blah, blah. And they only need to take 20 threes. And it's like, did you, their offensive rating was like, if you take their offensive rating from that Pacers game, it would have been like the worst in the league last year. It's like, that's not like you can't, you're not going to, if you took, if the Bulls took 23 as a game the rest of the year, they'd probably win like 20 games. Like that's also not sustainable. So like both their wins were like done. And I feel like totally unsustainable fashion with a huge comeback. And then a game where you, take 17 threes and the other team takes 46 but luckily the team that took 46 only made 12 after they entered the game absolutely on fire the, i know the competition wasn't great but uh that this pacer seems going to be a lot of fun they're going to take a lot of threes and they're probably going to make a lot of threes 
Um, as long as they have Halliburton playing, he did not play against the Celtics tonight. And as you mentioned, they got absolutely fucking stomped. But with Halliburton in the lineup, this Pacers team is going to score a lot. They're going to shoot a lot of threes, and they're going to make a lot. They did not against the Bulls. Again, the Bulls do deserve some credit for that. They did really well against Halliburton. They didn't let him kind of get cooking uh, down the stretch. But So the Bulls, kind of fortunate. They also did do well in that fourth quarter. And it was nice to see them. See them. I know our guy Steph No did a good video about uh, kind of the play that they spammed. Um, that was probably like their maybe their best stretch of basketball of the season. There, so they have not. I guess there was the stretch against the Raptors where they had the big run, but like when it mattered, the Bulls played really well, and they like kept spamming the spamming the same thing, getting some stops, and that was great. I mean, I guess multiple parts of that Raptors game where they went on big runs, but that was nice to see. Uh, we, where you execute down the stretch, it's not just vomiting up bad jumpers. Like they were getting to the basket. Uh, they were getting layups over Halliburton. And that was nice. But again, that just, it's just not consistent enough. Their offense, I'll have to see if, how long it'll take to get, um, how long the, it'll, before these stats will update today. But I mean, coming into the game today, I think they were bottom 10 in offensive rating still. I'm checking right now. Uh, let's see. The bulls are. 23rd. Okay, no, they have updated. The Bulls right now, five games. Their offensive rating is 105.6. That Jesus. is fucking terrible. And Jesus. there's a lot of the offense, a lot of the numbers are pretty down in the early going here. And I think they'll probably pick up as the year goes along. But 105.6, I believe 30th in the NBA last year was like 108 point something. So the Bulls offense right now is has been very, very, very bad. Uh, like I said, will it get better? Yes, because right now there's also been some like outlier bad shooting. Uh, from Kobe White, from Patrick Williams. Uh, Zach's been kind of hit or miss. Uh, I feel like Vooch hasn't shot that well from three. Uh, Tori, or not Tori, Javon Carter got off to a slow start. He's picked it up. He played really well tonight. I feel like uh, we can maybe talk about those, like some of the lineup choices a bit later here. But yeah, overall, it's like it's they're two and three. They could be three and two. They could be 0 and five. They should be one and four is probably the bottom line. I feel like the Mavs and Pacers game kind of, legitimate toss-up games that kind of go either way they should have lost the raptors game the bulls should be one and four with one of the worst offenses in the nba and you're and if they were sitting at one and four versus two and three and you're just like what the hell is going on here like this team looks awful that looks like they should be blown up they need to make a lineup change so let's talk about that now would you change the lineup do you think it's time to change I, i i mentioned it after the pistons game that they should change the lineup they didn't they won the pacers game good for them uh, but like Patrick Williams didn't close that game tonight. Uh, Pat was scoreless again. He did do some, had some moments against, uh, Luca. He had, did have a nice offensive rebound tip to Tory Craig for a basket in the fourth quarter, but he ended up getting pulled for the last few minutes. Anyways, he also gave up an offensive, big offensive rebound. He was not even close on his three point shot. And he, Pat's three shooting is clearly just, I feel like he's in his head right now. The shooting, he wasn't even close today on his jump shots. Uh, he airballed a wide open corner three. Um, he's shooting what, like 15%, something like that from three. And he's not doing much else uh, in terms of scoring the ball offensively. He's not getting to the line. He has the occasional offensive rebound. I mean, Pat has 20 points in five games. He's averaging like four points and three re- rebounds a game. It's the, 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 the shooting will come around. We know he's a better shooter than this. He has a tracker tracker in the NBA, but I mean, we talk about him making the steps this year and averaging 13 to 15 points a game. He's averaging four points a game right now through five games. And then Kobe, we loved, we liked what we saw from Kobe in preseason, and he's had his moments here in the, during the regular season. But again, the consistency's not there. He's not shooting the ball well, uh, and just it's just not consistently high level enough point guard play. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So would you make a change already, Ricky? Not, I don't know if it would even matter, but like from just based on what we've seen, like should Billy change up the starting lineup? Yeah, absolutely. And everyone's been on Pat's ass, and rightfully so. I mean, Pat has just gotten off to an absolutely brutal start yeah. offensively this year, especially when, you know, so much of the upside of the franchise rested squarely on his shoulders. Now, the Bulls deserve so much blame for botching his development from the very start in basically every way possible. Uh, that starts at the top of the organization, you know, from basically uh, Karnaschovas, even eh, throw the Reinsdorfs in there too, but <laughs> essentially, you know, Karnaschovas on down. Uh, I think, you know, they just haven't really set up Patrick Williams for success, but he has gotten a lot of minutes and that's really all you can ask for. At some point, you just need to find a way to positively impact the game uh, on a consistent basis. And Pat can provide some pretty solid defense. I still think his defense has, you know, been about as good as it was last season. Yeah. Uh, But offensively, Jesus, he's just, he's just been brutal. And I don't think he's put in a good role for him to succeed, but you know, how many excuses can you make for the guy? He's gotten a lot of minutes. He's gotten a lot of opportunity and uh, he just has not progressed at all offensively and this is you know his fourth year so I think Pat's definitely been a disappointment but to me Pat's a lot more useful of a player than Kobe White and the idea of starting Kobe this year was essentially like okay we had a top five defense last year we had the 24th offense part of the reason the offense sucked is because we didn't shoot enough threes so we're going to replace Io who's a terrible shooter with Kobe who's a good shooter he's faster Uh, He gives us more offensive punch, and the hope was that the Bulls could somewhat maintain having an elite defense, if not top five, at least top ten. And the offense could raise by inserting Kobe in for Pat. But through five games, I'm already ready to declare that, you know, the Kobe White leap is just not happening this year. And uh, people wanted to believe that Kobe was a different player than he has been throughout his career. And I just really don't think that's true. I think he looks like the same guy he's always been. You can criticize the Bulls there, too, for failing to develop him because he certainly had plenty of talent coming out of North Carolina. Uh, But he just, you know, sort of looks like the same guy. And unfortunately, with Kobe on the floor, the Bulls almost have no chance of being a great defensive team anymore. Like last year, they were able to ride a top five defense to 40 wins, which is a shit season. 
But that defensive floor bottoms out when you have Kobe in the game. He's too small. He's too weak. And he wears too much of a target on his chest defensively during important possessions. And, you know, you mentioned today the play where uh, Luca passed to Jaden Hardy for a three. Well, on that play, it was Kobe guarding Luca. Caruso knew that Kobe was about to get cooked. So he had to slide over that opened up an open three for Hardy, which he drained to essentially win the game. So like even on the plays where Kobe's not getting like individually beat, I just think that his presence on the floor compromises the defense. And I don't think he does enough offensively to make up for his defense. Now, if you look at Kobe's numbers through these five games on offense, he's been brutal. He's shooting like 30% from the yeah. floor and 25% from three. Those numbers will tick up and he'll eventually hit some shots. And it's a little bit of small sample size theater. But like the idea that he's a totally new player to me, is crazy. Like, yeah. you know, this is what Kobe White has always been. He'll shoot 36% from three. Like he always does. Uh, he's not by any means a starting caliber NBA point guard. And by the way, he's not paid like one either. He's making $11 million <laughs> a year. That's not starter money. What Kobe is, is a decent third guard off the bench yep. who can give you some microwave scoring, who can give you some spot up shooting, maybe give you, uh, you know, some fast break opportunities with his speed. But he's had a lot of the same problems this year that he's had his entire career. And I think the reason that everyone was talking about how much he improved last year is simply because he was in a smaller role. And the more you extend Kobe, the more you see the weaknesses in his game. Uh, so it's easy for everyone to get on Pat's ass because Pat has a lot more upside than Kobe. Yeah. Pat was the fourth pick in the draft. Pat was the guy who is supposed to represent, you know, the really the only bright thing about this team's future. And Pat has been simply really bad to start the year. I mean, there's no other way to slice it. Like, yeah. I feel like we've had the same argument <laughs> constantly with some people who we talk about the Bulls with. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, man, Pat's gotten a lot of opportunities and he hasn't taken advantage of them. He has to just find a way to impact the game offensively, whether it's as a rebounder, a cutter, like literally do anything, dude. And he just doesn't do much on offense. Now, I do think his shot will eventually fall. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, track record is there. But, but you know what, man? Like, he's just not good with the mid three. It is what it is. Yeah. So you're going to be committed to this team around Vooch, DeMar, and Zach. And to be clear, Jason, the Bulls should not be. They should be blowing <laughs> up this team. I'm fully on board with that now. Let's... And I feel a little disappointed in both of us that we did not, you know, drive this bandwagon harder in the offseason. We wanted to be optimistic. And like I said, there was a case to be made that adding some more, you know, role players around their three quote-unquote stars was a decent idea because Vooch, DeMar, and Zach all had good years last year individually but it just didn't lead them to team success well at this point chase i think you got to blow it up but anyways i guess to get to your question yes javon carter should definitely be starting over kobe that to me is a no-brainer billy has javon playing 15 minutes a game right now and like what does he have to do to play more than 15 minutes a game he's been one of their best players in each of the last two games both against uh the pacers and now against the mavericks and again, he's playing 14 or 15 minutes a night. So uh, with Kobe playing 33 minutes a night, the team is just not going to be very good. I don't think that Kobe is a starting caliber NBA point guard whatsoever. He just doesn't bring enough to the table offensively, and he takes a lot off the table defensively. Kobe needs to be benched. Kobe needs to be in a smaller role. Kobe is 
He's not that good. I don't know what to tell you. If you thought Kobe White was going to have a miracle fifth-year leap and save the Bulls, that's not happening. Whose fault is that, Jason? It's the Bulls. The Bulls have not really <laughs> done much to develop Kobe, to put him in the best position to succeed. I like that Kobe has been trying to be a more vocal leader this year. I like that uh, it does seem like, you know, he's made some strides in his game, but he's not good enough. Javon Carter has to start a point guard. And like I was saying from the start, Jace, really, they should start Caruso. Like, I would start Caruso at point guard, uh, but, you know, it's a moot point. They view Caruso as a forward. So, yes, start Javon Carter over Kobe. To me, that's a no-brainer. And then Torrey Craig over Pat. At this point, I'm like, sure, why not? Because yeah. Pat has just been so bad offensively. And I still think that, like, if you move Pat to the bench, he's still going to play a ton of minutes, and he's still yeah. going to play a big role. The Bulls desperately need Pat on the floor just because they need some big range right. wings in him and Craig are the only two forwards on the entire team. So Pat obviously has to play a big role on the team. But, you know, at this point, uh, I think that a change would be for, you know, the team's best interest and maybe for Patrick Williams' best interest, just because the role they have him in right now, primarily used as a floor spacer who's getting the ball, you know, is the fifth option offensively in the starting unit. Oftentimes, uh, you know, getting a look at, you know, looking to score only at the end of the shot clock, uh, not really using him as a roller much at all. Obviously, as a shooter, he's really struggling space on the floor right now. And uh, I think it'd be for the best for Patrick Williams to move to the bench. I feel less strongly about that, though, than I feel about Kobe needing to move to the bench. I just don't think Kobe's good enough. So. Uh, and I'm sure Kobe's going to have a great game probably, you know, next time, next time the Bulls take the floor on Friday against the Nets, because uh, <laughs> his perform, his offensive performance has just been so brutal. I mean, they're due, they're due, man. These guys are yeah. due to have a good shooting game at some point. They've been so, both of them have been so bad. Uh, and they, I know Kobe's, we know we've talked about how Kobe's so streaky, but like he's been so bad. And like we and we've seen Kobe do this. Like, where he has these games, he has these stretches where he shoots like 60% from three, and then he'll go a week where he goes like where he shoots like 15%, like he has now. So it's and like so it's just it's it's this it's Kobe. It's we've kind of seen it. Like I said, I think as you mentioned, I I said I starting the year, I'd liked him as the sixth man. It seemed like he earned the starting spot in preseason and in training camp, but just it has not been good enough. And it will look better once the threes start falling. But even then, like uh, he's still just like he he has. I feel like he's gotten better with the handle. Does some does a little. He's tr- gotten better defensively, but he has he does still get targeted uh, because it's just like his frame and he's just not quite strong enough. So like, yeah, he's a good he's a good third guard. Uh, and Javon Carter. Started to be fair, like Javon Carter had three really rough games to start the year. But the last two, he started to pick it up again. Um, we know that he can shoot threes. And he needs. To, I feel like he needs to start shooting more. Uh, but again, he hasn't been playing that much, so that's. I uh, would love to see him get even just eat, whatever. If you're not, if you're not going to change the starting lineup, and honestly, since they're only two and three, and like whatever, only five games in, I feel like Billy's not going to change the starting lineup yet. But uh, I feel like usually coaches will wait a little longer. Unless unless they were like zero and five, but um, who knows? Maybe maybe he will, maybe he won't. But I mean, I, here's I, I do have some numbers here. Um, uh, the most played five man group so far this season. Uh, the Bulls starting lineup does show up here. They've played sixty one minutes together in five games. Their offensive rating is one hundred two point four. 
defensive defensive rating 117.3 so that is a minus 14.9 uh net rating obviously this is a very small sample size but i mean it's kind of the same thing that what we saw last season when it was pat and io as the starters alongside the mid three they were not good uh they ended up billy ended up making lineup changes obviously patrick beverly came in uh, and they played a little better, but obviously I know we don't put that much stock in it. But again, it's two young guys with the mid three. They are struggling. Those two guys, the lineup is struggling as a group. Uh, and again, I'm not going to say it's on, all on them, of course. And we will talk about the other the other guys here. But I know just like the Pat and Kobe thing is just with the way they've played. I mean, they shot poorly tonight. They were one of one from three and they've just shot so poorly that it obviously just really stands out. But. I mean, it is just yeah. kind of the same thing as what we saw last year. So, I mean, you brought in Javon Carter, you brought in Tory Craig as like your big free agent moves. Like, maybe you do give them this chart and this, a chance in the starting lineup. We'll see. Like I said, I don't think it's necessarily going to happen yet, even if I think it probably should. But ultimately, whatever. They're just these role guys, the main guys. There are some right. troubling it's- signs here from the main guys. Jason, and we talked about Pat and Kobe first because you asked me if they should change the starting lineup. I did. The issue with the team is not Pat and Kobe. Not really. The issue with right. the team is DeMar, Zach, and Vooch. And, like, this is on your veteran leaders who are all 10-plus-year pros at this point to lead the team to, you know, a better uh, present than they currently have. And uh, those guys just aren't good enough together. Like, there's a myriad of problems there. You know, today I'll say Zach was on fire in the first half. He was 5-6 of six from 3 in the first half. A lot of those were on self-created looks. Yeah, it was him the chucking. Second half, the Bulls could not get him the ball at all. It was so frustrating to watch. And, you know, it just felt like Zach was standing around in the corner. And, like, you know, a couple times they were trying to get it to him. But uh, the lack of offensive imagination by Billy to free up your best scorer, who is an off-ball scorer, someone ideally has to feed him the ball, uh, was just really frustrating to watch. So. I thought, you know, it's it's easy to make Zach the target for this team because he's the best player. He's been here for years. And yeah, I think that, you know, the ceiling on the team is capped because their best players aren't good enough. But also, you know, just watching is like, God, Zach really had it could have had a huge game tonight. And credit the Mavericks for, you know, taking him out of the game a little bit. But like Billy Donovan didn't do the Bulls any favors by sort of failing to create uh, you know, unique chances for Zach to get the ball in scoring position. So it was disappointing because Zach torched the nets against the Pistons. He's been looking pretty good lately after a slow start. And I thought he had could have had a great game against Dallas. They couldn't do it. And then, you know, you look at DeMar and Vooch and uh, God, Jace, just what a disaster this is all the way around. You can already say the Vooch extension was a gigantic mistake. This was debated ad nauseum uh, by the fan base. A lot of people defended Vooch and said, oh, how could you how could you let Vooch go? You'd never be able to replace his production on the free agent center market. That was true, Jace. But, you know, the flip side of that is now you're locked into this guy who no other team in the league is going to take probably for 20 million dollars a year, uh, not only next year, but also the year after that. So to me, like Vooch, he's a he's a good player. Uh he had a great game tonight, 2020 against the Mavericks. <laughs> like it's hard to like blame all the Bulls' problems on Vooch. Vooch was fine. Like, he was good tonight. Really, it's just it's a combination of 
Karnaschovas is bad at his job. He's just straight up bad. He's not good. Billy Donovan uh, has been a wonderful defensive coach throughout his career, but offensively, his attack lacks imagination, it lacks creativity, and it lacks potency. He's just not a good offensive coach. And then as a pairing, Zach DeMar and Vooch, they suck. They're not good (laughs) enough together. So even when they have good individual seasons, they don't impact the team positively. Uh, DeMar looks like he's slowing down a bit. Obviously, he went into straight-up takeover mode at the end of the game against the Raptors. He was consistently scoring on Tyrese Halliburton at the end of the game against the Pacers. Vooch, I just don't even like watching Vooch anymore. It's just, he just always seems so mad. He's just <laughs> ready to fly off the handle at any point. Just a technical foul. Oh, God. And, you know, Vooch, for someone who has openly complained about his lack of touches and, uh, you know, his offensive role, Vooch, shoot the fucking ball when you get an open three. Like, the team needs Vooch to shoot more, and he has been turning down wide open, unguarded threes the entire season from the very start of the year. So, um, Jace, he clearly you know, just wants he clearly wants to play more inside, and like that's what they're like trying to do with him. So, like, I, I, against they the, don't have anyone who could throw him an entry pass. Yeah, I mean, like against the Pacers, they were like made a concerted effort to try to like get Vooch in the post, and like sometimes it works, but I mean they can. Like they can still use Vooch well down low and whatever. Get him against mismatches, pick and roll, stuff like that. But like there were there have been times when they try to do the we're just gonna like slow it down, throw it into Vooch, and then he just like pounds away. And like again, it sometimes it works because he can still score on a little those little baby hooks and stuff like that. And we saw it happen tonight. Like I said, Vooch was not the problem tonight. Vooch had 21 and 20. He was attacking the glass really well. Uh he did miss that. Clutch three pointer that I mentioned that would have been huge, and he's just not shooting threes at all. Well, it always doesn't seem like he wants to shoot any more threes. Uh, I, what game was it? Was it the Thunder game? It was that first game of the year, I think. The Thunder game where we saw like Kobe White, uh, mimic like like saying shoot it, like he was literally like pushing his arms up like for off like pick and rolls, like Vooch shoot the fucking ball, and he wasn't doing it. It happened multiple times where Kobe did that, uh, and like again, Vooch. 20 like 21 points 20 rebounds set 10 of 17 from the field one of three but also no free throws though like i still and vooch has never been a free throw guy but like for a guy who like loves playing inside and pounding it down low like the guy never gets to the free throw line i did i believe he took five or six against i think last game but against the pacers but uh ultimately just i feel like vooch is becoming carlos boozer 2.0 we're like he's gonna put he's gonna get double doubles and that's gonna be a big talking point vooch got another double double today uh, but it's just going to be like just the overall impact just isn't there. Like even like defensively, like he's been OK, like he's got active hands. We've seen him get some some deflections and stuff like that. But ultimately, like he's still uh, we know he's not a really much of a rim protector and all that. So like he's just kind of he's going to he's there. He's going to put up numbers. Uh, but like, what is the impact? I don't know. Like it doesn't Listen, it just doesn't seem like great. If there's untapped potential to Vooch. It's using Vooch as a playmaker because the team doesn't have a natural point guard. Kobe is not that guy. And, you know, maybe there's some potential growth here by using Vooch more, like moving him higher in the floor and like letting cutters run off him and letting Vooch hit shooters. I think that's what Vooch wants more than like a lot of low post touches. Vooch doesn't want to take threes. But I think that he also, which is what the team needs, obviously, but he also, I don't think he's necessarily being like, I need the ball in the low post. 
I think that he wants to use the he wants more touches as like a facilitator, which I'm open to doing that. But the issue is that, you know, there was a stat that was floating around last year, tweeted by Caitlin Cooper. Oh, yeah. That didn't hit Zach on a cut the entire season. Zach is not a very good cutter for someone who's such an electric off ball player. He's really just sort of a catch and shoot guy or a guy who's going to, you know, attack you with a lightning quick first step and get to the rim. So it's just frustrating because there is some merit, I think, to what Vooch wants, which is for him to take on more playmaking duties. But the Bulls don't have the personnel to really run that effectively. And you have seen these quotes from Zach and Damar after some of these games. And Zach's like, well, you know, we're just standing in the corner, Damar and I, and we <laughs> get ours with professional scores. So it just goes back to the fact that, like, Zach, DeMar, and Vooch are not good enough to lead the team together. There's more than enough evidence that these three guys aren't good enough. And AK decided to, you know, double down on it again with two very small signings in terms of, like, the overall dollar impact to improve the team around them and Craig and Carter. And Craig and Carter were good signings. We can uh, give the Bulls that. But, man, this team's not good enough. And... That's what I keep coming back to. Like, they suck to watch, Jason. Like, no, the Bulls do not spark joy whatsoever. Nobody's like, oh, I can't wait to watch tonight's Bulls game. It's like, oh, fuck, I have to watch another (laughs) Bulls game. So just give us something new. This team at its, you know, it looks like a team where Vegas pegged them correctly, which was 36 and a half wins coming into the season. We all thought that was painfully low. We thought, I believe I got them at 37 and a half. Terrible clutch luck. They got better with Carter and Craig. They're going to be better than that. But really, Jace, they were only that good because the defense was so elite. Well, now when you're starting Kobe, the defense isn't going to be that good anymore. So it's a team that uh, it needs to be blown up. It's not a good team. Their ceiling is ninth or 10th probably. And yeah, they could very, very easily be a team with one win or zero wins at this point. They are. Yeah, I mean, they should be one and four. That's the bottom line there is they should be one and four. The way they've played, their point differential, they're one and four. They should not have won the Raptors game. I do want, I mentioned Zach and DeMar did have a few thoughts there. Uh, outside of like that, like whatever, he did have the few good buckets against the Pacers. And then like, obviously the Raptors thing was uh, him going hero mode and he got, got a bunch of the pump fake got the Raptors how many times that pump fake drawing fouls like that was kind of vintage DeMar but like on the whole DeMar has not looked good we talked about that after the first game did not look very good it looked kind of old uh he and he was he was bad against the Raptors to start until like that fourth quarter and overtime that's when he kind of took over and just started using his veteran guile uh to draw fouls and make some shots but like I mean tonight like 16 points, 5 of 13 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3, did have 7 assists, but he was minus 17. So, like, overall, I feel like DeMar just has, it seems like, I mean, for the season so far, he's like 20, 22, 23 points a game. His field goal percentage is down. Uh, I'm saying maybe he's just easing his way into the season, but, um, oh, I mean, even the Pacers game, he did have a few nice buckets, but he was 6 of 19. It was not an efficient game. Uh, he certainly, he, he took three threes each of the first two games, but O of one the last three games. Um, it's just kind of been not great for Demar in general. I mean, overall, he's just been fine, like outside of that Raptors explosion. So, like again, if Demar is slowing down and you can't count on him as much as they used to, like that's just another point where they could step back. And then Zach, 
I mean, Zach's shooting numbers have been, he had the awesome game against the Pistons, 51 points, no assists, as we mentioned. And like, it's obviously like a laughable stat line when you look at the 51 points, no assists. I feel like people, I saw people referring to that as like the Kevin Martin. Uh, there was some like, I think he set some record with like most Bulls points ever. Like MJ might've had one game like that too, where he scored like 50 with no assists. But like, uh, I mean, almost like a perfect, like, like epitome of Zach's career is a 51.0 assist game where you lose by 16 points to the Detroit Pistons. I just like, sadly, like uh, I think we've both like, we both think Zach's really good. We think he's earned the contract, but like just the way his career is gone. That's like a perfect microcosm of Zach's career. Uh, and Zach, again, assists don't always tell, don't tell this whole story. Zach has five assists this season in five games. <laughs> That's really bad. And like some of it is guys, not hit it, mid, miss, Pat and Kobe missing open threes is obviously not not helping him. But I was also looking at NBA.com as like potential assists, uh, and he's got like under six per game. Last year he was at around eight. We know Zach's never been a great playmaker who like really makes his teammates better. That's always been one of the, the knocks on him. It's totally fair. It's why he's not like legit alpha dog. Uh, but like right now, and this is something else we kind of were talking about in our chat that Zach does seem like he's. A, kind of just get his. And like, even when he went on the stretch today, it was him just getting his, he's dribbling around. He'd shoot, shoot up a three and he made three in a row, kind of just doing that in the first half. Uh, and that obviously was what kind of happened in the Pistons game. It does not seem like Zach is playing within the flow of the team. Again, whether that's him just kind of freelancing now, whether that's like Billy and his offense. I mean, we, we've had the criticisms of Billy. You talked about it. They don't get Zach going enough off the ball and all that. It just seems like he is not, playing team ball right now. I mean, he's got, I mean, he's got five assists in five games and that's not all on him, but like, that's a really brutal number for a guy who's consistently been around like four assists per game that will go up once some of these guys start hitting shots. But I mean, it does feel like he's just taken doing a lot of dribbling, firing up shots when he wants to not a whole lot in like the flow of the offense. I mean, there was one shot today. I mean, this one was kind of in the flow of the offense. So they get, they ran a screen from at the top of the key and he came off it. Uh, and he got, he had an open look at three. This was coming down the stretch, dribbled out of it and dribbled into a bad mid range shot. Like that's the kind of shit that we can't, that he's got to do. He's got to just launch the three. Like, I don't know why he didn't do that. Uh, but he just had like had to dribble on a few times and chuck up a bad mid range shot instead of taking the three off the screen, uh, right away. And that's just, that kind of stuff is the kind of stuff where we talk about where it's like the bulls, if they're going to get their three point rate up a little bit, you can't be dribbling out of open threes and turning, turning those into mid rangers. Uh, even the, the Pacers game, when there was all the talk about, again, oh, the Bulls won by shooting 17 threes only, and they should focus on doing that more. And like, they need to not, they need to not jack so many threes. That game, they took almost half their shots where they were non paint uh, or non rim two point attempts. They were 14 of 39. That's horrible offense. You can't be taking that many shots, that many two pointers away from the rim. That's super inefficient. That You're not going to win games like that. They, I said they were lucky to win that game because their defense buckled on. The Pacers couldn't hit anything, and they got some layups at the end, which was nice. You attack the rim, it's good. But Settling for that mid-range shit's not it. Zach, it just seems like, I mean, Zach and Damar both sometimes fall into that too much where they just dribble around too much and the ball stops and they chuck up a bad shot and sometimes it goes in. We've seen, again, Zach caught fire with some of those threes today, but uh, some troubling signs just from from both those guys, just the whole whole way the team is playing um, just hasn't looked good. The offensive rating is awful. The defense has had a few decent moments, with kind of more like just AC doing cool shit. Um, again, they kind of got lucky against the Pacers that the Pacers can make threes. 
Uh, the Raptors are a horrible offensive team, so like they can't score in the half court, and they were able to get those stops there. So like overall, I think like the Bulls' defense has not been that good. They had their moments against the Mavs today too, but like their defensive rating, I believe, is like okay. So like, and I don't think they've looked that great outside of some brief stretches. So like, yeah, it just hasn't looked good. The vibes don't seem great. They don't. They just aren't like playing consistently well. I don't think they've they've had some stretches where they've looked okay, but like no stretches of like not many stretches of like pure dominance outside of kind of that Raptors thing, which was a fluke, stupid ass game. But they should have lost, and they should be one and four. So we'll see. Like I said, I still I still think ultimately they're probably going to hang around. I think they have enough individual talent, even with that they're not playing well together. Where Zach and Demar will have enough games where they kind of catch fire, and uh, Kobe and Pat will start shooting better and that they're going to end up being okay. And that's kind of, I mean, I, we were, we tried to be a bit more optimistic about them coming into the year, but I've definitely kind of soured on them a little bit, but do I think they're going to be like bad? Do I think they're heading towards a blow up? No, even if I think they probably should, but like, I think they're going to hang around in the playing race. They'll be right around there. The East. I don't know how good the East is actually is actually is the Celtics look awesome. But like, besides them, I mean, the bucks are working out there growing pains. The heat have started terribly. We'll see how the Sixers do. Uh, the Knicks, the Cavs are hurt. They've been kind of bad and hurt so far. So, like, the East just might not make, if it's not as good as we were kind of expecting, uh, and there's just a lot of these teams that are like just kind of okay, I think the Bulls will kind of be in there, and the front office will think that that's fine. Oh, they're fighting for a spot in the playoffs or the play-in. And like, that's, that's what we're trying to do here. So I still honestly would be surprised if they blow it up this year, unless things go really bad. And I, Chase, they don't want to blow it up at all. I know. Even yeah. Reinsdorf is saying the White Sox aren't going to rebuild, while also making a joke about how they're certainly not going to give Otani five hundred million dollars. <laughs> Reinsdorf isn't going to let him rebuild because he's going to die soon, and he doesn't want the team to be an embarrassment, losing ass team before he dies. But the reality is, Jason, the Bulls need to pivot hard. And one way to pivot hard would be to totally blow it up. I do think they need to blow up the roster. Whether that means they need to go full Wizards mode and, you know, tear it down to the studs, I would be in favor of that. At this point, they could also try to, like, you know, trade for another veteran. My one hope right now, Jace, is that the Bulls don't sink more future assets into this team because right. this team is doomed. They suck to watch. I'm already pissed that I have to basically watch every fucking Bulls game the rest <laughs> of the season because we do this podcast together. When <laughs> there's a lot more enjoyable basketball out there to be consumed, and this team's going nowhere. So, like, you could say that, oh, I think they'll be around 500. I think they'll be there. Well, you know what? A team led by DeMar, Zach, and Vooch isn't good enough. A team coached by Billy Donovan isn't going to have a good enough offense. And a team put together by a Terz Karnaschovas is simply going to strive for mediocrity and fail to get there. So what the Bulls need to do, Jason, is fire our Terz Karnaschovas, <laughs> fire Billy Donovan, trade Zach Levine to the Sixers, trade DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> trade Nikola Vucevic, and let somebody else try to build this franchise back up because Arturis is not going to be the man to do it. Patrick Williams is no savior. Zach Levine can't lead a franchise as the leading man. Vooch, DeMar are slipping. Vooch is already a bad contract. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. I mean, this team sucks. They don't deserve to continue to exist. Any rational person <laughs> would realize that the Bulls are bad, have no ceiling, and are going nowhere. And they would blow this team up. And, like, what's so frustrating about it, Jason, is, like, it's not like we're saying you have to win the championship or the season. Right. 
what we're saying is, can you at least give us like one thing to get excited about? One thing where we're inching even 1% closer to a championship? Not saying that has to be wins. It could be individual development from young players. It could be we drafted a player who's making a meaningful impact. Instead, we get Dalen Terry and his option picked up when he's basically a lovable. We get <laughs> Patrick Williams stagnating, Kobe White, you know, not taking another meaningful step. And it really just all comes back to Karnaschovas being terrible at roster construction and basically screwing up every meaningful decision that he's had. He screwed up by trading Markinen, screwed up by drafting Pat, screwed up by keeping Kobe, screwed up by keeping Zach when he could have traded him before he signed the long-term deal. And Jace, this team needs to get blown up. They suck. They have nothing they can hang their head on. And uh, yeah, I hate that I have to watch this team the rest of the year because it's over. No one could possibly have hope in this team that isn't Michael Reinsdorf crossing his fingers to be the eighth seed and to get outscored by the Celtics in the 1-8 series by 70 points a game. That's the best case scenario for this bowl season is that they set the NBA record for biggest margin of defeat in the first round <laughs> series against Boston. And it's just not worth it, Jay. So blow this team up. This team sucks. And it's actually a nice segue we could talk about now. The James Harden trade. James Harden oh, yeah. to from Philly to uh, the Clippers. In return, Philly gets some assets that could maybe one day be swung in a trade for Zach Levine. Those assets include the Clippers' 2028 unprotected first-round draft pick. Seems like a pretty good trade chip to me, Jace, when you have a team built around the geriatric millennial core of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. So get that one. They also got a 2026 pick, which appears like it's going to be Oklahoma City's 2026 pick. I would expect that selection to probably be in the second half of the 20s. Oklahoma City is going to be really, really good, especially yeah. in 2026. Uh, but, you know, still a first-round pick. Get that in the trade. They also got a 2029 first-round draft swap. Uh, yes, get that swap. They got a couple second-round picks. Get those. In the Sixers, I believe, can also trade their 2030 first-round pick. So, Jace, this, to me, is setting up for a very obvious deal between the Bulls and the Sixers. If the Bulls actually have the fortitude to pull it off, and then to realize, okay, the next move is to trade DeMar and trade Vooch. I don't know who the hell is going to take Vooch when he's owed $60 million. That was already a huge mistake signing. Uh, but what do you think of a potential Zach to Philly move right now? I mean, right now, it's not going to happen right now, Ken. I mean, I mean, I guess I'm not going to. Looking from this, not from the front office's perspective, because they're not again, they're not going to do it right now. Would if this if the Sixers came and put a big offer on the table? I mean, as you mentioned, you mentioned some of those draft picks. Um, I mean, what else? What else are the Sixers going to be sending our way here? We got like, and then you know, you're getting like Tobias Harris, Jaden's like Jaden Springer, uh, yeah. and then Paul whatever. Reed, some you want Paul Reed? I'll take Paul. Reed. B-ball Paul, bring him home, baby. Um, well, legend. I mean, I know they got to at least get some like good draft capital out of that. Like, you know, because I know whatever, I know people are, are your guy Michael Pino is talking about like the Tobias Harris and like it was like one draft pick 
for Zach like this offseason. It's just like, come on, man. That's 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 brutal. Like you gotta get if the Sixers are willing to come to the table with at least like a decent pick package and maybe like one decent young player, uh would I think about it? I would think about it. Like I mean, Zach is not helping his cause right now, like trade value wise. He's not playing, he's not playing well at all outside the one just game he goes ham against the Pistons, but in a 16 point loss. So like I, I guess I just don't know what the, his value is. It does not seem like teams are ch- are barging down the door to trade. I mean, maybe the Heat would come back. The Heat are off to an awful start offensively. Like, I mean, I think Tyler Hero has been pretty good. Jimmy has sucked ass. And they've also had some injury problems. Like, I don't know if the Heat would get desperate enough to come to the table with an offer and maybe you get some teams bidding for him. Um, I, I, the Ma- I don't think the, I don't know if the Mavericks would do it. Um, I mean, Kyrie's already missing time, but Zach could be really interesting next to Luca. So, like, I just don't know how what teams are like willing to barge down with like some really enticing offer. But again, at some point, you like you just can't keep doing this. So it's like the Bulls are right to want a lot for Zach, but yeah, at some point, you just like can't keep running your head against the wall with this core. So it's like if the Sixers were willing to come to the table with like an enticing picks package, I would at least have to consider it. Would I like? I'd have to see what they were putting on the table here, but I'm so I'm certainly not saying no uh, at this point because it's, it's right now at some point you're just like I said banging your head against the wall with this team and this core and it's just like whatever, man. They suck, Jace. There's nothing that <laughs> there's no building block here. The team blows, blow it up, and you know what? Here's my hottest take of the night: resign Patrick Williams to an extension anyway because you need forwards. He's still young. He's proven to be a good shooter. I know everyone's mad at Pat right now. I think Pat has been very, very disappointing to start the year. But I'll keep him. Everyone else can go. And you might as well try to get one of these elite talents coming through the pipeline. And 25, Cooper Flag, 26, Cameron Boozer and A.J. DeBonsa, 27, Tyron Stokes. Uh, you got to get one of these guys because the biggest issue with the Bulls, well, I mean, is ownership. And then it's that their general manager is horrible. And then it's that they have a shitty coach. And then it's that all their best players aren't good together. So you need a franchise player. The only way to get that Super flag Bulls are so horribly mismanaged is to get really lucky. And the Bulls did once, Jason, get lucky enough to hire a good coach when they hired Tom Thibodeau. Since then, they have hired nothing but like pretty bad coaches. Because they're a bad organization, and that's what bad organizations do. So fire Billy. He's got to go. Try to hire a coach who could maybe be good. Maybe you'll get lucky. You know the guy you have sucks. Maybe the next guy you hire won't. And they got to try to get a franchise player. So if it was me, I think that the Bulls need to take their medicine on this. Like They were in a rebuild, and they decided that the rebuild wasn't bearing enough fruit. And they decided to trade all their future draft picks for this team. Well, this team went bust. It's over. They're never accomplishing anything. And my main hope is that they don't trade their 2027 pick to try to get a point guard upgrade because that would be a huge mistake. The team just isn't good enough for that. They need to work the other way. Trade Zach to Philly. I'd love to see him there. Trade Caruso. If there's any way you could trade Vooch, that would be a miracle. And then, you know, DeMar, if you have to lose him for nothing, I'm fine with that too, but you should try to move him. You already missed the window to maximize your return on a DeMar trade. So, uh, Jace, this team sucks. Have I mentioned that? 
teams. Hey, you have mentioned really it. Really want to watch them the rest of the year. I think you know their games will be close. Hopefully, they won't roll over. But uh, yeah, they suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is setting up where you probably like. I said I'm not a tanking. I'm not generally a tank. Uh, whatever proponent. Unless like you really, like, I, I'm fine with like whatever, like a one season tank or like if there are certain situations, like the year, the when whatever the year the Bulls did try, like kind of try to tank initially after when they traded Jimmy, like that was a tank year that they that was right, and of course, uh, it could have ended up with Luca, but they did not because they started winning too many games later in the year, and then they got unlucky, I think with like a coin flip or some shit. Um, but it does seem like the Bulls should probably start preparing for a Cooper flag tank next season. Uh, and you can certainly talk me into that given where the team is and the roster is you right know, now. Jason, it's stupid to tank for one player. And he's might, he looks like the only elite talent in that class right now, but you know, someone else will emerge yeah. and they just, the bulls need this, this core sucks. So like, I don't know, you could try to trade for Kyle Kuzma or something and like get more veterans in here, but What's the point? They need young talent. They don't have any elite young talent on the team. I mean, oh yeah, ultimately, like Demar is thirty four or thirty five, whatever he is. Vooch is thirty three. I mean, that's like the thing too. It's not like Demar and like Vooch are in their prime. Like these guys are, like they're still productive, but they're past their prime. Like, what do you, what exactly are you building towards with this at this point? So it's like you're me- mediocre with these guys who are past their prime as your best players, and then your young guys aren't showing any development. So like. It's a team that just like has so little like upward mobility right now because with Pat and Kobe kind of stalling out to start here. uh, And like, even if they, again, they're going to get better, but like, it just does not seem like there's going to be meaningful leaps here for either of these guys, at least playing with this core right now. So it's like, yeah, there's just like so little upward, like, unless like you turn, I don't know if you're able to turn some, whatever, a couple of these guys into whatever some disgruntled legit superstar like who's that gonna be like what superstars are asking how are you, you the bulls are gonna be the team that like somehow makes the trade for them like whether it's like Embiid or if luca asks out like the bulls aren't gonna be the team that trades for like someone like that so like and like yeah it's not gonna be a Giannis. he's not going anywhere so it's like what are the like superstar of the bulls like going like i because i think the bulls plan has been generally been like Whatever, we're gonna stay competitive enough. We're gonna, I mean, AK said this, we're gonna stay competitive enough. We're gonna build this culture here, blah, 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 blah. And we're gonna try to put ourselves in position to like take that next step. But like, I just don't see how that's happening with what this core is right now, what this where the young guys are at right now with their asset base. Um, I just don't see how that how it's even possible to like even go from like okay to where they are to taking a meaningful step towards championship contention. So it's just like so yeah. And you know the worst part about this, Chase, is if they were to tear it down, I would have zero faith in Arturis Karnaschovas to build them back up. I mean, the guy is awful in the draft. Dalen Terry is going to go down. Is somehow a worse draft pick than Chandler Hutchison? How is that even possible? <laughs> someone worse than Chandler Hutchison, this new administration. Uh, you know, you could even point to smaller stuff on the margins, like letting Javon Freeman Liberty walk away for no reason. So uh, AK sucks. He's bad. He is not going to lead this team to anything of significance. And hopefully he has enough uh, enough power in the organization to actually tear this thing down because ownership doesn't want to do it. 
But they need to. And I know that the only thing the Bulls care about is people showing up to the building. It is what it is, Jace. It's a hopeless, shitty franchise because <laughs> it's owned by Jerry Reinsdorf, and that's what Jerry Reinsdorf franchises are. They are hopeless and shitty. And uh, You know what's going to happen, though, Ricky? The in-season tournament for the coveted NBA Cup begins on Friday against the Brooklyn Nets. The Bulls are going to win this in-season tournament by some miracle, and we're going to have to hear about how the in-season tournament victory is the reason to keep this core together. You watch. It's going to happen. It's going to going to annoy all of us. So let's wrap it up here with thoughts here going into this, whatever. The first game of group play against the Nets, in-season tournament. How are you feeling about the in-season tournament? I've always been like, fucking whatever. Why is this happening? Desperate gimmick to try to make the regular season more meaningful. Ultimately, right now, I'm like, it could probably be kind of fun to root for a little something different in the regular season just to like break up the whatever monotony of it. Uh, and they're doing these like crazy courts. The Bulls courts literally like blood red. I'm really curious to see how that's going to look on television. Uh, like let's lit- legit literal C hashtag C red. Uh, they're going to have their city jerseys and the Bulls city jerseys suck this year. Uh, unfortunately, I hate the fact that they rotate jerseys every year and have to make new ones because most of them end up sucking. Um, but yeah, right now I'm just waiting. I'm I'm just prepared for the Bulls to somehow win the in-season tournament and have that used as an excuse to keep this group together. Ricky, what are your thoughts on the in-season tournament? I think it could have been done a lot better. Uh, it basically follows the format of the Commissioner's Cup in the WNBA, which it's hard to even tell it's even going on in the and, WNBA and no yeah. one really seems to care about it. Yeah. Now, that's part of the reason why, you know, they're painting the courts and that's their big thing. <laughs> To me, there was one way to do this, and that was to make it a single elimination tournament to start the season. And you need two more teams to bring in for 32, bring in the G League Ignite, bring in, you know, in the Euro League champ, even bring in the G League champ, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But I think a single elimination tournament to start the season would have been really fun. The way they're doing this, I'm like, I'm not against the idea, just because I think, you know, there is a lot of monotony in the regular season. And that I'm cool with the league trying to create more things for fans outside of the championship that only, you know, a small handful of teams can realistically win. But uh, I just don't know if they're doing it the right way. I wish it was a single elimination tournament because single elimination basketball is awesome. As the play-in tournament has shown us. So I sort of like the creativity. I think the play-in tournament has obviously been a nice addition to the league when a lot of people were skeptical of that when that first started coming through. Um. But yeah, like I'm not excited about the play or the midseason tournament, and I do not think that the Bulls are going to win the in-season <laughs> tournament because the Bulls are a bad team. Now, yeah. can they beat the Nets without yes. Nick Paxton and Spencer Dinwiddie? They better. And Cam That's Johnson. Good. Cam Johnson, I believe, is still hurt too. I think that should be a game. Yeah, that should be a game they have to win on Friday. Yeah. And uh, at this point, like I'm almost sort of wishing the Bulls would have lost that game to the Raptors, and that you know we could just this season was going to be as embarrassing as it looked like it was going to be after the first game. And trust me, they could still get there because this team sucks and they need to be blown up. <laughs> yeah. I think my final thought on the in-season tournament, like, like whatever, if like the bulls did win, just like as a fan, like I'd be like, whatever, that's kind of fun. That's kind of cool. It'd be kind of fun. Like in the moment. And then I'd be like, who the fuck cares about this? 
The Bulls won the NBA Cup. Who gives a shit? Like, I don't care. Like, ultimately, like, I know winning the championship is, like, still great. And, like, cool. Like, you know, are they going to raise a banner for, like, the NBA Cup next to their six uh, NBA championship banners? Would they would they raise the NBA Cup banner next to it? It's just, like, ultimately, it's like, oh, that's kind of fun. And then we just keep going on with the regular season. And then I would probably forget about it. And then we'd have to hear the front office talk about how great it is that they won the NBA Cup. And it would just probably, like, annoy me. <laughs> so, like... I think it'll probably be kind of fun to just like, again, try something different, but ultimately I just don't care. So it's like, I feel like there's the stake. Like, I don't know if there's a way they can make the stakes more better, like do something with the draft, but I know like, again, players are going to like try to play for the replacements in the draft and like, or something with like, you get like, I, I know people have brought up like, Oh, like the winner of it should get like an auto, some type of auto bid in the playoffs. I mean, maybe, but ultimately it's just like, I, I don't, See, it's a gimmick. Who knows? We'll see if it brings in any more interest. Like, I'll obviously, like, I'll pay attention. I mean, it's part of our job. Like, do I care that much? Like, would I care if the Bulls won the Commissioner's Cup? <laughs> Ultimately, not really. So it's like, whatever, man. Um, I think we've got enough here. Ricky, I think we got your point. The Bulls suck and they need to be blown up. I think they are still extremely mid to suck and they probably should be blown up, but that. They won't be blown up. I think you probably agree that they probably. Here's the last uh, question, Jace. Yeah. I know that me and you both put some of our hard earned money sure on did. over 36 and a half wins. Would you take your money off that bet right now if you could? Because I would. No. You still think they're going to win more than 36 still... and a half games? Yeah. I'm still, I'm still, I'm aiming towards, like, I think, like, Right now, I'd be thinking like 38, 39. I think that I think they are going to bring it down to like the last couple games of the season. Again, we'll see if that's like close enough to get them into playing like possible territory for like the 10 seed. And we know that's what this organization strives for is to get into the playing tournament to have a chance at the playoffs. Uh, so if they stay healthy and they they have been healthy so far, again, like we talked about the injuries. The Bulls have not had, I think, had a single injury. I, th- I believe their entire rotation has been intact. We're already seeing injuries crush some other teams across the league. Bulls have been healthy. They've had their main rotation for all these five games. And they've looked like dog shit. Uh, the continuity thing, not really working. They're healthy. Uh, and they still have like a minus whatever, seven or eight net rating or whatever the hell it is right now to start the year. Which And they should be one and four. So not great. But. Even despite that, I still think they're going to pull up, pull enough games out of their ass where they get into the high thirties, and if if they somehow start playing better, they get into the forties. Like, I, I do think they're going to start shooting threes better as a team, but overall, just like, obviously, they're just not good. They're probably not as quite as good as like I was trying to be optimistic and thought, oh, maybe they could get to the mid forties uh, if things go right. Like I said, that is looking hard to believe now. Do I think they're going to go all the way down to like 35, 34? No, unless they actually do blow it up. But again, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm still, I'm still, I'm not cashing out. I'm riding this thing. I'm riding this thing to the end, damn it. (laughs) They don't look like a good team, Jason. And and, uh, yeah, I think Vegas probably nailed it with this line. They probably did. We're going to be sweating our $100. I know. I believe mine was 150. So uh, I, that was like, that's like, that's basically like what I had. I, I've, uh, I kind of got out of my betting phase because I'm just bad at it. So I was like, I had 150 in my DraftKings. I'm like, I'm just going to put this all on this Bulls number of whatever, 36 or 37 and a half. I can't remember what exactly I got them at, but 
maybe that'll make things more exciting down the stretch of the season. Just like they'll give me, can give us another reason to watch is will the bulls actually get to 37 or 38 wins to win us a little money? Please, please do. Dude, what a fucking lowly goal. Blow it really is. Up. They do not deserve to exist. <laughs> oh, anyways, let's wrap it up here. Uh, Bull, Bulls lose to the Mavs tonight. They're two and three on the season. They should be one and four, but they're two and three. Uh, they got the Nets at home on Friday night. First game. It's a tournament night. First game in the in-season tournament. We're going to be seeing red on that court. Uh, it'll be interesting. The Bulls, they should win. This is a game they should win, but how many times have we said that over the last, uh, especially, I mean, last season, especially this year, just in general with Bulls basketball a game, they should win and they come out laying egg. We'll see. Uh, Again, I think they should be favored in this game, especially with all the Nets injuries. Um, And we'll see. I don't know. Uh, That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. With the NBA season, we are back. Tons of great NBA podcasts all across the network. And there's great podcasts just all across Blue Wire in general. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow me on Twitter, or the place formerly known as Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SB underscore Ricky. Follow Ricky's great work over at SBNation.com. Please go check out ClutchPoints.com as well. Um, I'll give a shout-out to the Texas Rangers for winning the World Series tonight, too. The baseball season's over. Uh, good for them. Bears suck. They're a joke, complete joke. So we're just in, we are mired just again in sports hell here in Chicago with the Bulls looking like the Bulls, the Bears being the Bears. Baseball's over. The Blackhawks have kind of redarbed, but they also look like they're going to suck. So uh, looking like a nice long winter here in Chicago. But what's new? We're used to it. So we'll see. We'll still be with you here. Uh, talking about Bulls basketball and cash considerations. So we will talk to you guys next time, probably talk to you guys sometime next week. Take it easy.